everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Get Activated podcast. Now, don't readjust your headsets. Brian is off this week, so he's left myself, Rob, in charge of the podcast for this week. And our guest is our very own Tommy Flaherty. Hey, Tommy, how are you? Good, how are you? How are you? you Maybe feel special by calling me guest. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's, a like guest a on, everyone's a guest on this podcast. Everyone's <laughs> a guest. title. Oh, special guest. <laughs> It's you hits me well in the chest. Thank you. <laughs> I suppose to get started, Tommy, for the members that don't know you or maybe only know you via Zoom, so they haven't met you in person. Maybe tell them a small bit about yourself and your background, and yeah, a little bit like that. Ah, uh, so yeah, as you said, name's Tommy Flarty. Anyway, um, so I live here in Tralee, so I get mocked for being a Tony. Um, I'm a bit of a joke, <laughs> joker, <laughs> joke. I'm a bit of a joker anyway, so that must be the Tony personality. Um. So yeah, I've always, I've lived in Trinidad nearly all my life. Um, I have done fitness since I've been a kind of a teen. Um, I found like it really helped me through a lot of things. Um, I found CrossFit then after I came home from America after doing kind of summer camps. So I kind of felt like America really sort of put my fitness regime out of shape, <laughs> eating and partying over there in my 19 and 20s. Um, but yeah, I found CrossFit when I came home at around the age of 22 and I've been in love with it since. And it really kind of gave me a different perspective on fitness and stuff. It made it fun for me. So I've really kind of got glued in a lot more. So I've kind of been doing CrossFit and stuff for nearly, it's ever since. Um, lately then, uh, last two years, I moved up to Dublin. I was working there for about a year and a half to two. Fortunately, COVID hit. So forced to kind of come home and bush, bit of a blessing in disguise. I got lucky of getting a job here in Activate. So um, things have been going absolutely amazing. So Activate has just changed everything for me. So it's good to be home with a job I love, uh, which is very hard to find these days. So that is pretty much for me in a bubble. That's cool. So you, you kind of mentioned that you worked a lot in kind of summer camps and things like that in America. So was that kind of just kind of coaching and kind of working with, with people or was something you wanted to do or was it kind of just... Or did you kind of chop and change around the place? Uh, so I was about 19 or 20 and it was, I found it through friends and summer camp. Uh, basically, it's kind of more for kids and stuff, all kinds of ages. But yeah, it, it, it includes a lot of kind of activities like sports and things as well as sort of kind of arts and crafts and things. So um, it was a great experience because it just really kind of, it was actually one of my first times really kind of going abroad and kind of being independent. First time without holding my parents' hands, really. <laughs> and yes, I was 19 or 20. And so, yeah, it was great fun. So, yeah, I was really interacting. Actually, it really helped me to kind of actually sort of on a coaching point of view because I was actually kind of coaching younger people and sometimes younger ages are actually a lot harder to coach. Okay, but um, it was a great experience. Like I said, sports, arts and crafts, all kinds. And it was a big learning curve for me. It really made me kind of feel kind of passionate about helping others so yeah i learned a lot from those camps as well as having great fun <laughs> you know american dream so um so uh, another thing i suppose people uh, you, you didn't mention it there would be your, your kind of competitive background now I, i'm going to say it you might be a little bit too modest for those of you that were around in 2019 remember the summit games tommy actually finished second in the rx men he'll tell you he should have finished first but he missed a snatch i believe that's the story is it <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah pretty much in a nutshell yeah so yeah i didn't mention the whole competitive side i guess yeah I'm, i've always been kind of known as a bit of a modest uh a very modest guy 
Um, but yeah, I became very competitive and I've done a lot of competitions and it's mostly teams with a brother, brother and a good friend of mine usually. And um, Summit Games now was one, I was living in Dublin at that point. So it was great to kind of come back down and actually see a massive event like that happen in Kerry, in my own hometown. So it was amazing. So I was like, straight away, I'm competing. And I made a decision to go individual. So it was a scary one. It was my first time doing it myself on my own. So I was nervous. I was a mess. <laughs> you should have seen me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was going well. And the last event, I didn't think I'd make it, but I, I suppose I was a bit of self-doubt there, but I actually was doing very well. Last one, like you said, I feel like I rushed to that barbell, went for the first lift, missed it. But then I made every other one, no problem. And someone just beat me to the um, handstand walks and just beat me by, I think it was only like a gap of 10, 15 seconds. And I was like, I was, I, I, I was a little harsh on myself, but that, at the end of the day, I was absolutely delighted to come second on my very first individual comp. So it was an amazing experience. <laughs> it, was, wow, it, was an, it was an awesome achievement. I actually remember watching the final and just en envying every single one of the guys in it. It was just, it was incredible to watch, to be fair. It was unbelievable. And um, I suppose we kind of we push on from that as well. But do you think that being a competitive athlete and being sort of a competitive person, do you think that has an impact on on you as a coach? Is you know, does does it alter the way you look at someone or or not? Uh, yes, I suppose in good and bad ways because I felt like, and I've kind of learned even actually in the last year, and even coming to activate as well, like John, because John, you can never stop learning. And um, so yeah, the competitive kind of felt like that controlled my coaching in a way I felt like I was coaching as if I was coaching athletes and competitors. And I kind of learned that like, you know, I need to kind of balance that and bring it back down a bit. And so I, I was known to kind of mocked with this coaching voice, this drill sergeant kind of coach where then the minute the class is over, I'm back to nice Tommy. So I feel like that always kind of brought a little bit of a drill sergeant out of me. But um, it, it, being a competitor really showed me the importance of moving healthy, you know, because you've got to be able to move well to pretty much succeed in, in the competitive world. So that kind of made me sort of really love the whole technical side of things. So I feel like that's one of my strong points is just making sure everyone moves well, but it does have its pros because, you know, if you move well, you get quicker and better results, you know, without the risk of injury. And, um, so I suppose that that's a part of the kind of negative where I made me a, dr a drill sergeant, but um, of course the positive then, like you know, being a competitor, I also kind of know how workouts feel. You know, I've been there, so I, I, I can help scale and tailor and help people through the workouts. So kind of, I know how these things feel, you know, you kind of have to be true yourself, you know, know how to talk with yourself in their shoes so I can actually step back and be like, all right, I can kind of see what they're going through right now. So. I know where I can help them, okay? I can do this to help them fix that. I know the mentality of what they're probably feeling right now. So, you know, so I feel like that's kind of helped me as well um, as being a competitor. Um, you, you, you kind of touched on it there. The word was actually drill sergeant you used a couple of times in that one. Um, I actually, I, I remember a quick one. I think I told you this before. I was with you for your first class. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, shadowing you for your very, very first class inside Nacolet. It was a half nine class. In the morning, and anyone that goes to half nine will know. <laughs> I remember that day. I think it was front squats. I think it might have been front squats we were doing. And I remember you did a, a, a two inch drill with, <laughs> and there were red faces all over the place. <laughs> 
was that was I suppose that I don't want to make this sound bad. Was that kind of a way of kind of I don't want to say laying down the law. It sounds a bit more authoritarian than I want it to be, but kind of you know when when you're kind of new and fresh into a place that you kind of want to set the tone that you know you're not going to be walked over. You want to say you know I'm in charge. You know I'm I, I, I'm the boss. And I'm on the floor. Um, I suppose, yeah, kind of what you're saying, it makes sense, like, I suppose, deep down, like, you kind of, like, you want to be respected, you know, um, so, yeah, a part of me kind of went out, just kind of, how would I say, crack the whip in a, a way, but, you know, it's not always the right way to kind of approach a class, you know, you've got to be able to make that hour a good hour, a fun hour, as well as a constructive hour, you know, so people are moving safe as well, but as well as having fun, so, yeah, it's funny that you remember that first day. So it could have been nerves. It could have been nerves as well. First day nerves, just maybe stricter than I should be. Um, but yeah, I've been known to be a bit of a drill sergeant and uh, <laughs> put people through a bit of the works. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of show it's it's good. To kind of everyone has their own way of coaching, you know. And um, so I have learned to kind of dial down the kind of drill sergeant side a little bit, um, <laughs> and just try to show my softer side a little bit when it comes to that coaching hour. <laughs> um, so please tell me if I do keep on being a drill sergeant, Rob. <laughs> sure. I need to be cracked back with that whip. <laughs> I'm sure someone else will call you up someday. Maybe not me. <laughs> but I guess some people like it, some people don't. You know, it's very hard to please everyone, but that's our job as coaches to try and make everyone's um make it making the class everyone a favorite best hour of their day, like you know. So it's not gonna work for everyone, but some people do like being the kind of like kind of that push, that urge, you know. But you've got to find that happy balance. And you know, like I said, you could be coaching for years, but there's always learning to be done, you know. So that's that's interesting. I suppose you what you you're you're saying there you've only got an hour and you've kind of got say you've moved 12 people and you've got 12 completely different personalities in the room with you. How would you say find a way of kind of building that relationship with the people in the room that you know you've got as as I said, you've moved 12 completely different you know, you've got to say, you know, I might be running around the place like a lunatic and another person might be quieter in the corner. I suppose, how do you kind of balance being able to, to connect with each of them? So, yeah, good question. And it, it, it can be a hard thing to do, but it is a doable thing. Um, and it's just about getting to know them, you know. Don't look at them as just a person who comes in, wants to move weight and then leave the door. Get to know them on an emotional level, uh, and find out who they are, what, why they're training, you know, um, what they enjoy to do. And, you know, soon after that, you'll start to see their true side and then you kind of know their personality. You kind of start to know, they'll start to show their true colors. And, you know, some people are born with it. Some people have to learn with that sort of kind of emotional intelligence, you know, where you're actually able to just straight away be like, I know what kind of person that is, you know, and then you know how to approach that person. So it is a thing that you learn and it takes time to get to know them. You're not going to know them after that. You know, not everyone's Sherlock Holmes where you can just boom, tell a person from a bit of crumb on their collar and be like, straight away, I know that person loves his, uh, <laughs> his, his whatever Jaffa cakes. <laughs> so it does take time to know to really get to know that person. And you got to become, become their friend in a way, you know, make them feel comfortable with you. All right. So, so yeah, emotional intelligence is a big thing when it comes to coaching. Yeah, so you kind of touching on it when you say emotional intelligence and, and being a friend, I suppose. What, what do you kind of see apart from, from that as being one of the most kind of fundamental skills in being a coach, not just a prospect coach, but a coach in general. It could be a, a, a kid's sports coach, as you said, you've worked with kids before. 
and does it differ for, for different age groups? I mean, it's very hard to be friends with a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, yeah, it's like you said, it's very hard to be friends with a five-year-old, but then again, like you, for kids, you got to understand as well, you know, they just want to really have fun. So you got to find that happy balance of making fitness fun to them, like making a good game that really kind of gets them moving and active. Um, so you also kind of want to be someone they look up to, you know, not just a friend, but kind of a mentor, a coach, you know, like they go to school and straight away they know that their teacher is going to do what they do. And sometimes their teachers scare them, but <laughs> you know, you don't want to always be like that. But again, it goes down to emotional intelligence. People are always studying about like how to move, what a squat is, how to move a deadlift and stuff like that. But a lot of things that aren't taught in courses and, and college and stuff is just how to connect people um, emotionally and on a conscious level, you know, like conscious coaching is a fantastic thing that I'm actually doing right now. And so I'm finding it so interesting, you know, of how to kind of connect with different avatars, different personalities, people with different backgrounds, you know, it's, I'm learning a lot about myself even during it. So it's not just about the physical side of things, but the emotional and mental side of things as well. Cool. Um, you said there, when you're working with, with, with younger kids, you kind of want to be a, a role model or, or a leader. Was there anyone kind of for you when you were getting doing sports and stuff growing up, was there any coach in particular that kind of had an influence on you and you kind of would think that they've, you see your style in them maybe? um yeah that's that's a really good question i guess sometimes these things you don't really think about until you're asked um i guess i've done my fair share of sports like i've done football i've done soccer i've done rugby and things um but i guess funny enough i never realized until you said i kind of always kind of looked at my brother as a mentor and he's always kind of like carried me along you know we've always done the same things played with the same football club joined CrossFit together we went to the gym together so like I've always kind of looked up to him and he's kind of been a mentor for me you know the guy who went to the army overseas so I've always kind of wanted to follow his footsteps couldn't really go to the army but um yeah we've always done everything and anything together so I've always saw him the way he does things he's so confident he's strong-minded um so that always kind of made me want to be strong-minded you know he's just he's an engine I can never keep up with him but the fact that I'm always trying to keep up with him pushes me, drives me, and I enjoy it, and he makes me feel comfortable. So my brother, my brother would be a huge part of my life as a mentor. Yeah. Um. You said there he's in the army. Is that kind of a is that a, is that a military thing? Is that in your family, or is it just your brother in particular? Is, it... <laughs> is this going back to drill sergeant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <I'm just> <laughs> trying to connect them, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's kind of in the family like my um my cousin my uncle now he they were in the army my father wasn't but I've always kind of wanted to be in the army follow him it was just something that he always wanted to do he did um we're not very strict people you know but and uh, we're disciplined in my family compassion and empathy really runs in the family I think we all get it from the mother but um whatever drove him to the army I don't know but unfortunately I couldn't go now due to kind of um sort of a or medical condition I actually suffer from epilepsy so I couldn't go to the army because I don't think you want a guy holding a weapon with that condition <laughs> so um so it's something I've always kind of had but I never let it get me down so and um, just took a different path and so yeah the army just kind of fell into the family <laughs> through the brother 
like a mole on the shoulder, you know, <laughs> you got to move on with it. And then like, I even crack jokes. Me and my family have jokes about it. I'm, I have it under control with meds and things. Um, something I've had and rediscovered when I was around 13 or 14. But um, yeah, it's something that I never want people to feel uncomfortable to ask me about. And people shouldn't. It's good to talk about it. I know I kept it quiet for a long time, but when I started talking about it, I started getting comfortable about it. Um, so yeah, it has kind of held me back on a few things, but look, you've just got to move on, find a new path. Um, so, yeah, it's something I'll always have, and you never know what's kind of going on with people behind closed doors kind of thing. Um, I do have a habit of just not mentioning straight off because I guess part of me never wants people to kind of look at me in that sort of sympathy way, you know? That's what I feel like people do. It's like straight on, like, hi, I'm Tommy, I have epilepsy, and then like, oh, oh, it's like, no, don't look at me that way, <laughs> you, you know? Something yeah, I, have. I really get what you mean. Um, other than, than the gym you talked about sports what other kind of interests do you have outside of say when you're not giving up this <laughs> I suppose getting given out to <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, really I do I, I like outdoors um, I love kind of like and I wish I kind of did a lot more of it. it's just like I love to kind of hike climb um, I love to do a lot more of it but I never get the chance I'm a movie freak I love movies. I'm a nerd for the Marvels. What can I say? Who isn't? I'm not ashamed of it. Um, <laughs> you'll be probably seeing me in class with all my Marvel socks in summer. All my Stan socks. I have every single character. I've got them all too, so I can't. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of people are. But um, I've started now, really starting to get into reading more books. And I never was one now. So it's really kind of helping me kind of actually kind of focus my mind. So reading books now has become a massive part for me uh, lately. So... And spending time with family and the and the the partner, the girlfriend. So like I'm gonna to get to see her on the weekend. So kind of really enjoy it. And I kind of cherish time with the family and loved ones like. So I kind of try and separate the two, you know. I don't like work kind of getting in the way so much all the time. Awesome. Yeah. What are you reading at the minute? Sorry. What are you reading at the minute and putting you on the spot? <laughs> Uh, well, lately I actually put, I just finished Atomic Habits, fantastic book, and I feel like that actually encouraged me to create the habit of reading more. And so right now it's a book called Extreme Ownership. It's just about kind of owning your own faults and things, taking responsibility of this and that instead of deflecting problems and issues and mistakes at other things. So it's very interesting. It's about these two Navy SEALs and how they kind of implement kind of their learnings into kind of businesses. So it's very interesting. I actually got a recommended from it from Brad, Brian. We all get recommendations from Brian. <laughs> Brian's the book master. You just see the library, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose, Tommy, that's, that's, that's really cool. That, that's interesting. We've, we've kind of learned, we, we, we've kind of learned a lot about you there now in the last 20 minutes or so, so. Yeah, I know, you opened up some doors there, Rob, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Oprah's got nothing on me when it comes to more explosive <laughs> than Harry and Meghan. 
<laughs> I don't know if we went down, no, no, this could get deeper and deeper. <laughs> like you said, we could go to tears now. <laughs> Tommy, thanks for thanks for doing this. It was it was really enjoyable. We've all really enjoyed hearing hearing your story and, and learning a, li a little bit more about you. So 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 thanks very much. Anytime, anytime, and anytime. I enjoyed this. Thanks very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. See you guys.